0: Have you ever wanted to be the first to know if aliens really exist? Well, with Nebula, you can be. Nebula is the streaming service that's home to It's Probably Not Aliens, as well as our YouTube channels. And the best part, all of our content goes up early on Nebula. So when we break first contact with ET, you'll be the first to find out. That's right, you'll be able to listen to the next episode of this show before anyone else. Plus, we post bonus content that you won't find any other place. And the best part, by signing up for Nebula at nebula.tv slash probably not you're directly supporting the show and both of us. So don't wait any longer. Join Nebula today and be the first to know if this time it really is aliens.
1: I can cut this out if you if 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 you want me to. But prior to this recording, the last time I messaged Dale on Twitter was me asking if you had seen the Age of Ultron trailer. So that's how long it's been.
2: No way.
1: Yes. So
2: I have a follow-up Age of question.
1: Ultron? <laughs> so I have a follow-up question.
2: The trailer? The oh, trailer
1: no. to Age of Ultron. <laughs> really? Quick.
0: Disappointing last note.
1: Have you have you seen uh, the trailer to Age of Ultron yet? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. What'd you think? Just the trailer, not the movie. But what'd you think Just of the trailer? The
2: trailer. trailer's pretty good. Yeah, so it's pretty good, right? I, I like the trailer. I really enjoyed it. I think that James Spade is doing a really good job. I
1: think it'll be great. I think it's going to be one of Marvel's best.
2: Real spooky vibes. Yeah. It. <laughs>
1: oh. Anyway, so this is the show. Yeah,
0: Uh, Age of Ultron. Gosh. I just, yeah. (laughs) That's the one with the robot, right?
2: It sure is. It sure, and you could say lots of robots.
0: There were quite a few of them in there. I did, the only the last Marvel movie that I saw was really funny because it was a indirect sequel to Iron Man 3 and it spent the entire movie trying to apologize for Iron Man 3. uh, Iron
2: Man three. They
0: apologize. they were trying to apologize for it being super, super racist and then it ended with basically uh Chinese Lord of the Rings. So um that was my experience yeah. of
2: <laughs> that's good. That's good time.
0: Um <laughs> Yeah, but, uh, and, and we're going to have some fun with good old-fashioned racism today. Well, okay, that's not a pivot into a wow. show, is it? That's,
2: <laughs> that's oh, that's no. awful, Tristan. What a terrible segue. Sorry. Oh, I, I hate no. that. That's
0: the
1: step-back host um, in me, sorry. We're going to have a lot of fun today. We're going to have a lot of fun discussing, uh, well, I don't really even know what we're discussing, to be c- oh, completely honest. Oh, this one's fun. This
0: one's fun. Uh, first of all, this is probably not Aliens, or it's probably not Aliens. Hey, everyone, welcome to the show. This is a podcast where we investigate really interesting claims about ancient astronaut theory, but I also have given us the caveat of investigating all forms of pseudo-archaeology and pseudo-history because we are not going to ancient aliens today. This one was actually submitted by a listener who wanted uh, me to investigate, and it is Fun, 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 but before we get into that, I want to uh, humbly introduce our guest for today, Dale Kingsville.
2: Yeah, you gotta do it humbly.
0: Yeah, everyone <laughs> bow really quickly.
2: Yeah, don't look me in the eye. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We were saying before
0: the show that I'm like a big fan, so I'm like, ah, this is this is big. Um, but Dale, you are, you have two things going for you for this episode. One, this is our first time going to Australia and you're our first Ooh. Australian guest.
2: Yes. Yes. Crikey, struth, strike a light. Yes. Yeah.
1: I, I remember. <laughs> okay. um, Can you say more things that are Australian, please, really quickly? Uh, flaming
2: goannas. Um,
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> dingoes
2: ate my baby
0: there's the one my (laughs) Australia story is there was a point in my life where I was thinking about immigrating to Melbourne um to because the music it's cold it would suit you yeah (laughs) and I mean cold there it's like oh it's a it's a brisk 33 degrees um (laughs) you know
2: (laughs) you actually it would be very warm for you maybe I yeah. myself wear three or four jumpers at a time.
0: <laughs> oh god. Um, but you run a YouTube channel where you primarily talk about two things, Dungeons and Dragons and mythology. Yep. But we're not gonna talk about Dungeons and Dragons today, even though I really, really want Unfortunately. to. Unfortunately. Um, I mean, we could. <laughs> if it comes up, we could if it comes up, if it comes up. You never I know, know that we're both in the headspace. <laughs> um, but I can't spoil too much because now Scott is a PC in the game I'm running, so <gasps> that's true. I have to be underlocking. Keep key. them
2: secrets, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um
0: but also you talk about mythology uh, uh in a big way, and specifically you seem to have an interest in like kind of uh European, Mediterranean world, classic age uh stuff.
2: That's the stuff, that's the stuff. No I dabble elsewhere, but uh that's that's kind of where I live.
0: Yeah, I know that you're, you're faves with like uh with like Irish and Celtic stuff. But we're going. We're we're doing Egypt today, which I know that
1: you've also got a good uh, grasp with.
2: Fingers crossed.
1: That didn't seem confident. That face did not seem confident.
2: (laughs) My specialty is Greek, (laughs) and so then that flows over to Roman. I have what I think. I think from a typical perspective, I probably know a lot about Egyptian mythology, but. From my perspective, just because I know more about Greek, it feels like I know less about Egyptian. Right. We'll you know see
0: what I mean? who has the I'll more adjacent best. Egyptian knowledge, because you studied Greek mythology, which is Egypt adjacent. My mom really likes Egypt, so I grew up learning about that
1: kind of stuff, so we'll see who got the most uh, splash over. Take um, your
2: bets now, folks. Yeah. I have
1: also I also used to watch The Mummy Returns just about every day when I came home from school. So. Wow. So you, you've got dedication. it all then. Yeah? yeah, I think I've got it all. I, actually, I'll take
0: over the episode here from here, Tristan. I wanted to save this clip for when Brendan Fraser is a guest on this show.
1: <laughs>
2: yeah,
0: when you can he tell is, him that you yeah.
1: watch The Mummy Returns every day for a while. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. It's a good movie. What are we talking about? Uh, right, so let's yeah, dive yeah. into what it we, What's this bit.
0: show episode about? So, um, you're Scott. You know nothing about aliens. I'm Tristan Johnson, I did, I did my best. That's my answer. That's my answer today.
2: I did my best. I did my best.
0: Yeah, this, this one was submitted by a listener. And oh boy, I'm so glad that you don't know about this. So Dale, I know that you really like all this stuff from like the Mediterranean world, but the Mediterranean is super, super duper far away from Australia, uh, about as far away as one can get. But what if I told you Mm. that ancient Egypt at one time in history came to you?
2: Get out of here.
0: And a, Get out and of a place town. On, and less than two hundred kilometers from your town, if your Twitter bio is to be believed, it's very close. Yeah, so this is this is what we're talking about in the New South Wales city of uh, Caryong, I'm hoping I got that right. Or Carrion, Gosford. Gosford, yeah. So there is in the Brisbane Water National Park a hidden cliff face.
2: It's not near Brisbane, by the way. I just like to point that out to whoever named it. It's very far <laughs> away from
0: Brisbane. Really? Listen, I remembered having a five minute legitimate like brain blast when I found out that Canberra was the capital and not Sydney and I was like oh god wow. this is how I'm this is how I must feel whenever somebody says Toronto is the capital of Canada so yeah
2: I mean there was a time when I was young when everyone was mind blown to find out New York is not the capital of the US so I, I mean I was gonna say yeah, yeah same, yeah, every, same vibes. every nation in the world just picks like the most boring place to be in charge <laughs> so, so go to Canberra it's all circles and wind circles and
0: wind all right yeah. <laughs> That's that, that the windy circle. Okay. So in Brisbane Water National Park, which is nowhere near Brisbane, uh, there is an interesting cliff face discovered in the 1970s covered in what appear to be Egyptian hieroglyphics. <gasps> uh, more than 300 Egyptian hieroglyphics portraying chickens, bees, and many other unusual representation. Okay. okay. How could this be? <laughs> how could that, be? How could it be? How could it be? There's the local legend, and then there's of course the ancient aliens uh, angle, which is that we've been we've talked about several episodes back that there was this whole theory that the ancient world had access to advanced flying machines, and yeah. so going around the world was easy, you know, vimanas and. Uh, what's called as, Golden Kimbaya airplanes and
1: yeah, everyone had airplanes back then. everyone had runways. Uh, the only thing that's left over are the runways, not the not, none of the airports. you know we've talked uh, about before we've not found an ancient cinnabon that's so anywhere
2: unfortunate. Yeah mm-hmm. I, I would love to go back to that. I, I would love to have my own golden plane and fly yeah. around the
1: world. I mean, who wouldn't. And everyone was doing it. everyone was flying all over the place. Now have we have we found any of these planes? We have not. But that.
2: Now that makes you sound like a non believer, Scott. Well, I, you know, I. I
0: (laughs) (laughs) So either they flew over because they wanted to um, get a sample of that horrible brown, salty garbage paste that you all love over there. Wow.
1: How
2: uh, dare you? Vegemite hatred. Um, How dare.
0: (laughs) That's the other part of the moving thing. I was trying to move to Brisbane and I actually was trying to train my body to accept Vegemite and I couldn't (laughs) do it.
1: Um,
2: we are happy little Vegemites.
1: Unbelievable. This is the real reason you wanted Dale, honestly, so you could sling insults. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. I went to like a specialty
0: grocery store because I'm like, literally like I'm getting ready. I need to know this. I need, I know they like this stuff. So I'm going to buy the Vegemite and I'm going to eat it and I'm going to learn to like it. And I got like two spoons in before I was done with that stuff. <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: How good. quickly did you do those two spoons? I know that everyone is like, you got to measure it correctly, but I'm just saying.
0: Yeah. It's like, it's only good if you take uh, like just a, a bare whiff of it with a pound no, of the, butter on toast or something. Those
2: people are lying to you. Those people are <laughs> wrong. They're trying to cheat the system. If
0: you have like a, a Vegemite flavored LaCroix. But but uh,
2: <laughs> it's got to be measured. And also, <laughs> okay. I don't think it should ever be eaten. I don't know what Canadian bread is like, but it should never be eaten on American bread. American bread is too sweet.
1: Okay. That's interesting.
2: There's a pro tip.
0: Canada used to have its own thing, and then NAFTA happened, and now we're just America with like a fewer varieties of Captain Crunch, basically. Ah, sad. You've got American
1: sweetbread.
0: Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> what, what's going on with these glyphs uh, in Gosford? Could it be that it was that they that the Egyptians had airplanes, as we all know, because yeah. of that fucking bird. Or is it because, uh, as the legend goes, that many thousands of years ago, some Egyptian princes went and got lost and found themselves somehow in eastern Australia? Or could it be something very, very different. We're going to have to find out. Take us back. Take us back to the, the history books. Sure, yeah. We're going to go all the way back to the beginning, to the 1970s. Um Ooh, that's a long time. Where time itself started. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Gosford is an area that's actually this area the, around the Gosford glyphs is well known for having a lot of aboriginal petroglyphs. Mm-hmm. Um, the indigenous people of the region have made a lot of interesting art of all sorts of animals and things like that. This is going to play heavily into the sort of story we're telling today, but yeah, uh, this is a thing it's already known for. Okay. And then in the 1970s, first noticed in 1975 in Karyong, a which is a rural district about 60 kilometers or 37 miles for Scott north of Sydney thank you uh, on the southeast coast of Australia <laughs> um, they found about a hundred Egyptian hieroglyphs that appear to be under study genuine in that they are actual copy like they are like
2: they're not they're not made up shapes
0: no they're not just like stick figures
1: like they are actual hieroglyphics yeah stuff you'd find in in the around the pyramids and whatnot now that's interesting mm-hmm. now I think that's got some weight to it I think aliens. Well, not aliens, right? <laughs> We're talking about just a, a, a advanced Egypt society. Yeah, I, I
0: I, pitched the whole uh, flying thing. According yeah. to local lore about the Gosford glyphs, Two Egyptian princes got about as lost as someone can get. Sure. Uh, and somehow went from the, the Nile Delta to Eastern Australia, which, um, oh boy. It seems move, like a move, long move,
2: way. Yeah, um, move aside,
0: Captain Cook. Um, <laughs> oh, my gosh.
2: I also love that not only did they get to Australia, but they went around Australia. <laughs> they went the long get way. To, <laughs> to the Eastern side, yeah. That's true. They either went around <laughs> Australia or they went around Australia. The Americas.
0: They went. Yeah, yeah the then, other way. Asking more question. Yeah. Um. Maybe someday we'll get into this because this is a pseudo archaeology thing that I really want to cover, which is which is kind of in the same vein, which is this um Roman trireme reportedly found in the Amazon River, which we might. Wouldn't it might, that w-
2: be wonderful?
0: <laughs> it'd be a short story, but apparently it, got, it might have uh, gotten like lost at sea and somehow washed up on the shores of Brazil, which is bananas, but also. Oh, wild. It's still, it, it, there's all sorts of fun stuff. But there, yeah, these are the theories abound. 5,000 years ago, this happened. 5,000 years ago, very long time ago. Very long. Um, and Millennia. Yeah. And for some reason, when this was first reported in the 70s, it was taken surprisingly seriously. Um, even though it was debunked, the National Library of Australia in Canberra, and the uh, the British Museum in London actually like went and recorded uh, made reports on the glyphs to figure out what they were and uh, biblical archaeologist Alan Roberts might have examined it or did examine it Uh, and it was even picked up by the uh, Cairo Museum director Dr. Dia Abu Ghazi and Dr. Zahi Awas and that is a name I actually remember because that is the um, that was the Minister of Antiquities under the, the previous Egyptian government before all of the like revolutions happened so he's like Huh. a big deal. He was like uh, for like 30 years, basically like Egypt has a minister in charge of maintaining all of their ancient Egypt stuff because obviously they would. So this guy has been responsible for like maintaining Egyptian cultural heritage for decades. And he even took a look at it. So that that rang as like, oh, wow, they're taking us a lot more seriously than I thought they would. But yeah. OK,
1: sure. Why not? That's interesting. And you they were taking it seriously after it was debunked, you're saying? Yes. Wow.
0: Okay. But that's that probably has more to do with the really complicated history between archaeology and nationalism, which I feel like should be an episode we do on our own. Uh Fair or enough. do all, all on its own at some point because that one is wild. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but the big the big name is a guy by the name of Dr. Hans Dieter von Senf.
2: Oh, who- I looked this guy up. <laughs> <laughs>
0: He's yeah. a self-described amateur Egyptologist from Swansea, uh, which I'm assuming is somewhere in Australia.
2: It sounds English, but he, I'm sure he is. I mean, we probably just stole the name, right?
0: Could be, or he could just be from England. Um, but he announced that also that there was another mysterious, a mysterious stone chamber in a brushland setting at Karyong. So, Doctor von Senf, uh began his career before uh, as an amateur Egyptologist as a bus driver who graduated from the uh, University of Newcastle with a PhD in 2006, who did a doctoral thesis on the very Egyptology and archaeology-focused topic of the Uh problems of German reunification from a historical and literary perspective.
2: (laughs) My favorite thing when I briefly glanced at the uh, at the Wikipedia page, the Wikipedia mm-hmm. on uh, on the Gosford Glyphs was looking at the section where it says, "Ah, yes, but Dr. Hans Die- what's his name? It's it's mm-hmm. long, Dr. Hans Dieter von Senf, who has a PhD from Newcastle, thinks it's real." And I was like, "Oh, that's interesting." I looked him up. Mm-hmm. PhD, not I just. Did he? Did he add that? Did he? Did he go in there? Did mention the irrelevant PhD? It's an appeal to <laughs> yeah unqualified authority.
0: See, like, yeah, I mm. am an idiot, and I somehow almost got a PhD. So, <laughs> um, if I just like, if I just finished it, and then I could just say random shit, does that mean that it would like, oh, like, I would just do. like, it would just be legit, like? Could I do, like, a uh, the ornithologist who wrote Guns, Germs, and Steel? If I could do a reverse Jared Diamond and start making science claims. Ornithology's
2: birds, right? Yeah. Oh,
0: oh. (laughs) I don't know. This is, I have, like, a long, deep, like, uh, anger towards uh, Jared Diamond that is, that everyone would be like, why would you hate such a nice man? But, again, we don't want to pick at that one right now.
1: (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, I mean, and this is a thing that happens a lot on this show, too, that we've discussed in previous episodes, where this exact thing will happen, where there will be someone who has like a PhD or or something in a totally unrelated subject and they will present, like the show Ancient Aliens will present them as an expert on something that they are absolutely not an expert in. And mm-hmm. it's like, oh, it's it's like, this, really uh, manipulating a way to to get the audience into trusting whoever they throw on screen it's it's very silly and also very uh yeah just like very manipulative it's gross yeah it's up there with that uh
0: NASA engineer who uh figured out who did biblical translations in order to figure out that there was a the man yeah. machine thing yeah
1: yeah it's like you're already <laughs> smart enough man but you are not this is not your field all right? <laughs> mm-hmm so this got this goes even deeper. So uh,
0: in Queensland there's an Egyptologist by the name of Ray Johnson who also claimed to have done a transcription of the hieroglyphics. Mm. And and unfortunately he's far too dead to defend himself now, but um he apparently wrote these, uh, he apparently wrote that the translation was that this is the burial place of someone named Lord Nefertiru, uh, who was a member of the Egyptian royal family who died in the area while leading an expedition with his brother, Nefer-Jeseb, along Australia's east coast.
2: Well then. Yeah. He's um, dead, get him!
0: <laughs> yeah, it was get his ass. Um, And he, he wrote about this in his uh, unpublished, surprisingly, book. Uh, ancient Egyptians in Australia, the carry glyphs, a, a proto-Egyptian script deciphered. I mean, so, okay—
2: Here's, here's my question, okay, is that ancient Egyptian hieroglyphs, and mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I'm about to talk very broadly about something that is really kind of, you know, three distinct eras of, of language and stuff, but we're pretty good at translating them. There are people who can read them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, as far as ancient languages go, we we have a lot of stuff to work with when it comes to Egypt. So has no one else been able to translate them? Like, is this the only dude who's gone, I've translated Translated it and this is what it says.
0: Dale, you are you are thinking far too hard about this at this point. <laughs>
2: um, <laughs> you're giving us essentially it is
0: essentially a tourist trap at this point. But there <laughs> are some more cool heads that have prevailed to analyze and figure out what's going on here. And we will talk about that. But first, but first there are some products and or services that uh, need your attention. Potentially. We'll be right back.
1: So let me ask you this, Dale. Please do. Have you seen the trailer to uh, Avengers Infinity War yet?
2: I have. I'm a little wary. Yeah. It feels a little unspecific for me. I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to enjoy it as much. It might be a little unfocused, maybe. As I enjoyed the trailer for <laughs> Age of Ultra.
0: Yeah. <laughs> just Marvel movie trailers ranked.
2: Yeah. Uh, I never, but do. by
0: someone who has never seen a single Marvel movie, just the trailers and just ranking
2: how Honestly, good they look. Honestly, that would hold weight in this day and age, Trailers are distinct texts from their films nowadays. Oh it's yeah! Sometimes the the Detective Pikachu trailer, I loved that. Yeah. The movie Detective Pikachu was fine.
1: Yeah.
0: Trailer did it. <laughs> it was a very
2: different film.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Didn't like the Suicide Squad movie was like in huge trouble, but then the trailer looked so good that they like hired the trailer company to yeah, re-edit the, the whole original movie. one.
1: The original Suicide <laughs> Squad. Yes. That's exactly what happened. They the trailer looked so good that I think they had the trailer company do re-edits and and things and that's why the movie is feels not it's very jarring between (laughs) it's a
2: real weird movie. Yeah Yeah.
1: Guardians of Galaxy did really well so they like were like they took this like really like self serious action movie and then they're like let's let's add a bunch of jokes now. Um I don't know about that because like James Gunn did that too and he would have been he would have been making jokes the whole dang time. Yeah.
0: (laughs) I don't know. Who knows? Here we go. Um, Gosford glyphs, hieroglyphics We're back in Australia, in why, how, how happened? How, how and why. How, how old, Why,
2: marking? how, how happened? Mm-hmm. Yeah. When?
1: I think we covered the when, right? The, 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 when, was it five, is, when is the 70s? Well, um, but we've, got,
2: we've got the 70s. We've got, what was the other one? They said 5,000 5, 5, years ago. 5, ago? Yeah. That's true. So we've there's got big two whens right now. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: Um, and there's a few more whens. But uh, essentially, from what I can figure out, the two consensuses on what consensi of what this uh, could be is somewhere between or both uh, art project and a prank. Oh. <laughs> Which, you know, feels very much like, you know, the easy, breezy, fun Australia. Um, <laughs> national stereotype that a prank would—it's uh, just a prank, bruv. Um,
2: bruv, bruv. That's,
0: that's way too British. That's like a,
2: <laughs> even old Australian I was, bruv.
1: <laughs> I was questioning I it myself, but I was like, "Well, hold on now, maybe I was maybe I don't it. know." I was mate, I was mate.
0: That He's was mate. it. Mate. Oh man, sorry, mate. I have. I have slept maybe 16 hours in the last two months. You can't (laughs) keep using that excuse, Tristan. I know, I I can't. And he's starting to sleep through the night, so I I, I only have a few more weeks I can use it.
1: Uh Uh-huh.
0: But um, it turns out that studying these glyphs, and especially the erosion on these glyphs, because the coast of Australia famously, as as you pointed out a little bit earlier, wet. Um, Oh, yeah. And that's something... (laughs) The reason why Egyptian hieroglyphics are so nice and pretty as they are... It's because Egypt, uh, very, very not Quite wet. Quite dry. Yeah, yeah. A bit dry. Um,
2: and the other thing that is notable to me is that the Sydney area in particular and sort of up and down the south coast there, there's a lot of sandstone. Like that's, it's like, literally the defining element of Sydney as it was being built is that it's all sandstone so they just carved out like you walk through Sydney and you're going through tunnels of just sandstone that they carved out. So um, one would think that wet ocean breezes and sandstone would lead to no hieroglyphs perhaps. Yeah, (laughs) that
0: probably wouldn't last 5,000 years. That's probably probably not. It's
2: quite a long time. But it,
0: it seems that it's very likely that the first engravings date all the way back to a new when which is the mid 1920s okay and this gets into a little bit of interesting australian history so there was a widespread in his apparently so in the 20s around the time when we discovered tutankhamun's tomb this Ah. was huge international news everyone was super super excited because, um, you know, like everyone was super into Egypt when this happened. And furthermore, uh, during the First World War, uh, Australia, just like Canada, we were both, um, we were both, uh, man- not mandates, that we were um, protectorates or no, not, what's the word? Dominions. We were yeah. dominions. Because uh, Canada uh, did not stop being a dominion until sometime after World War One, And I think, I don't remember when Australia did, but. We,
2: we did a sort of, break a morant meant that we kind of uh, did that soon after. World War 1, but I believe that you're leading up to say that during World War 1 a lot of Australians were stationed in Egypt.
0: Yeah, a lot of Anzac troops were in oh, yeah. uh, Egypt, so I don't want to leave the Kiwis out, they'll get mad.
2: Yeah, that's true, um, they will. Sorry
0: Kiwis. <laughs> Uh, so, yeah, so the, a lot of Australian troops spent a lot of time in Egypt during peak Egypt mania or Egypt mania happened shortly after because World War One ended in 1918. But mm-hmm. Egypt was still an English mandate after the war, I believe, for quite a while, basically until um, Nasser or uh, President Nasser basically forcibly kicked them out. But that's a different story. Um, that's a different history podcast. Uh, but anyways, yeah, the Egyptians, uh, So the, the Australians, there are a lot of Australian World War One vet who spent a lot of time in Egypt. Then this big Egypt mania comes through. And then probably around this time, somebody starts carving some Egyptian hieroglyphs into, as you mentioned, this very carvable stone (laughs) that is uh, Mm -hmm. around this area. Then there is that's that's one theory that this happened, which is the cooler, more history theory. But then there's another theory that uh, some high school students copied them from their textbooks in the
1: (laughs) 1970s. Oh, that's less fun to me. I mean, it's it's.
2: I like the dedication. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) I guess. Yeah. Okay. wait, what is what what fits better in my head? You've got a bunch of soldiers who come back and they're just like, oh, man, I'm so hyped about the discovery of Tutankhamun's tomb. I'm gonna go, yeah, and carve a bunch of hieroglyphs. Accurate
0: hieroglyphics, yeah, very accurate ha- hieroglyphics
2: yes. that I saw in my time in Egypt during the Great War. I'm gonna go and I'm gonna carve them into a secret place in the rocks in the national park. Okay, there's there's one. That's a bit weird. That's one, but also makes some sense. Or high schoolers just going, you know, it would be a sick prank, <laughs> <laughs> Bruv. Yeah, <I> was thinking, <laughs> what, you wanna you,
0: what's what, let's do a sick prank, bro? Uh, I'm never gonna live that one down. But I mean, like, yeah, because I mean, there are there are Dale Kingsmills in high school who would be looking at their Egyptian hieroglyphics and think, oh, I "Carve that into a wall." <laughs> I could do that. Yeah. Um, there's also apparently a a, a, a Yugoslavian immigrant in the early nineties who was really interested in them that might have added to the Gosford glyphs at some point. So oh, like just tacked
1: to it, just found yeah, it and the, added more Yeah, this is the thing.
0: It. This is the thing. These aren't mutually exclusive stories because That's true. there's reasonable theories that they, there was about a hundred or so discovered in the seventies, but that there has been more and more showing up over time as recently as the nineties. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> but the thing is that there are people who still really stick to the story. Is that that's the that's the main thing. Mm-hmm. So so this is this is the situation we're in. Um but then some Egyptologists who care about facts uh <laughs> decided to visit and study the site and have pretty conclusively come to the um decision that it is a hoax. Mm. Um yeah, so okay. there's uh, yeah, so one uh, NSW uh, National Park and Wildlife Service spokesman pointed out that the engravings uh, that they became aware of the engravings in the 80s, which is around the time most of them were made. So uh, in the 70s, some were discovered, but most of them seem to have been made in the 80s. Okay. Uh, none were ever seen before 1975, despite the fact that the region has been surveyed. Uh, the last survey happened in 1968 by a guy named Alan Dash.
2: That's a good name, Alan, Alan, Alan Dash. Dash.
0: Yeah. Saving that, that saving that for the uh. next. Uh, pirate D&D campaign or something. Oh, yeah. Alan Dash.
2: Alan Dash. That's a spy
0: name more. Oh, yeah.
2: I wish I was Alan Dash. Don't we all?
0: What's Alan Dash up to? So Alan Dash is a surveyor who had apparently been visiting the region since 1968 and did not see any of these until it just was happened upon
1: in 1975. Do you think potentially the reason he didn't see him is because he was moving too fast? He is Alan Dash oh. after all. He's, true going. he's
2: going, he's running, he's fast. <laughs> oh, no. I would be interested to know how sort of scrubby the bushland around there is. Because I, I can see how you might not come across something depending, I mean, a surveyor though, I don't know. I, it's,
1: um, it, yeah,
0: it's hard. Tristan, you Googled <laughs> in something? Yeah, I'm just trying to find a quick Google image search of, like, the area around it. Um, mm. I will put this in the Twitter DM. Oh, okay. The group DM we have going so you can get an idea. This is not the greatest uh, representation, but this is kind of what it looks like, the place where it's found. It's okay. not exactly, like, hidden. Like, this oh, isn't, like, okay. the hardest place to to find, as you can see. Yeah. Right.
2: Interesting, interesting, interesting. We'll have to tweet
1: out this photo when this episode goes yeah. out. Yeah. So,
2: that man looks very happy. Mm-hmm. Is that Alan Dash?
1: I don't know. Google it. just so. like the Google image search.
0: In my heart, this is Alan Dash. He's got, he has a good spirit about him. He's, he's got <gasps> if, a big if smile. this is
2: Alan Dash, he's got a beard and a half.
0: Amazing. Nice. So not only have the, were the first hieroglyphics found in 75, but every, the next five years, every time uh, the original discoverer of this came across it, they were finding new glyphs. And in 1980, or sorry, Alan Dash, every time Alan Dash returned after 1975, he found new glyphs. And in 1984, he actually found somebody inscribing hieroglyphics <laughs> on the rock face. In <laughs> fact, he literally <laughs> saw them. Uh, yeah, um, but oh, the, so, here's, so here's, the, here's one problem. And that is that that is extremely illegal because this is a national park. Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. And
0: uh, as I mentioned, that this is a region that is known for having a lot of aboriginal um Yeah, petroglyphs, and so you don't really want to mess with the stone of the area. But the person who did it was not arrested because it turned out that they were probably mentally ill. I don't know much more about the detail of that, but interesting.
2: They wait, but they were carving hieroglyphics.
1: Was it midnight? Was it Mark <laughs> Spector Moon Knight?
2: Mm, Could be. Mm, okay, About,
1: coming soon on Disney Plus.
0: Uh, I gotta I watch the trailer for, for that. Questions for our justice system, <laughs> <laughs> and so and also, Egyptologists who have studied the Gosford Glyphs have pointed out that it has. Um, what has been described as filled with dis- with several inconsistencies and errors. The way that they're cut is not the way that Egyptian rock inscriptions are produced. They're actually very disorganized, according to Boyo Kinga, who is an uh, an Egyptologist from Macquarie University. Macquarie. Macquarie, sorry, and that some of the glyphs are indeed backwards.
1: Mm. Mm. <laughs> That's a big mistake, and
0: that there are few. There are few that are uh, distinctly un-Egyptian. That include things like bells, a dog bone, and what looks suspiciously like a flying saucer. Ah, well,
2: that's okay. the aliens
1: letting us know they were here. No, there it
2: is. It's yeah. because of there the we go. golden. Explain planes. that one, Tristan. Um, <laughs> I just that seems pretty damning to me because yeah, yeah, catching
0: somebody in the act is pretty. Up there too. Yeah.
2: Plus things like, um, I, from my understanding, the direction that hieroglyphics are facing is very important because mm-hmm. they all will face the same direction because it tells you what direction to read in, right? That that's that's my understanding of it. So that's that's pretty damning for it not being Egyptians.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's a pretty big one. The also other fun one, and I think you'll find this. You you kind of mentioned this, and we've talked about this on the t- podcast before. That um, Egypt, if there's one way to describe that civilization is that real, real, real old. When it was first coming about, there were still mammoths. And the last Egyptian pharaoh uh, died closer to today than the first pharaoh. So like we're talking thousands of years of one stable civilization. It's pretty wild. Because
2: we talk about, right, it's, it's old kingdom, middle kingdom, new kingdom. And each one of those periods of time is like the length of some other whole society. Societies and empires, you know what I mean? It's like... Yeah,
0: and it's mentioned in dozens of dynasties, which means entire families' existences. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah, so apparently these hieroglyphics, the Gosford glyphs, Contain symbols that are "quote unquote" thousands of years apart, grouped together. I wondered. <laughs> so there are. So here's the quote from from O'Kinga. There are also a problem with actual shapes of the signs that are used. There's no way people could uh, would have been inscribing text from the time of Cheops from the signs that weren't invented until 2,500 years later.
2: It's also it's interesting to me that they go Cheops or Khufu um, because they've they've really they've shot high there by you know referencing that particular ruler because that's the guy who has the great pyramid like they picked yeah. the top dog they were like let's go for <laughs> that guy Let's pin him to Gusford.
0: <laughs> Your yeah. average guy knows, like, six pharaohs. No, six, like, knows, like, two pharaohs. Yeah. And that might be one of them. There's, mm-hmm. like, what's it called? There's, like, Seti. There's, like, Akhenaten. There's King Tut. King Tut, obviously. Maybe Cheops. I don't know. Yeah, the person uh, Carmen Nefertiti. was like, can't
2: use Tutankhamen because that'll be too obvious.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, and also he was pharaoh for, like, what? Like, six years or something like that? So mm-hmm. And most of it, he was a
1: child. So, yeah, uh-huh. it's Tutankhamen knowledge. <laughs> Get it? Uh, how yeah. dare you? And
0: also the entire time he was Pharaoh, um, he was trying to do a basically like a reverse religious reformation while people were cursing his name and his name was being erased from the history books. We talked about that Went in a previous really well. episode of this <laughs> podcast on Akhenaten and why his art is so weird a very good episode. That is a very good episode that has nothing to do with today. Um it's Egypt related. Yeah, so according to to Akinga, the symbol who actually went to the site to look at them, none of the connected texts there make any sense. And also, as Dale pointed out early in this episode, if by any chance they had reached Australia, you'd expect them to land on the west coast <laughs> rather than the
1: east coast.
2: You know what it was? There was there weren't enough rocks there to carve. It was <laughs> a rock a shortage. To keep going around. Yeah. yeah. Like, we got to keep going until we find some rocks. We don't have
0: anything else to write with. We need these rocks. Yeah. They should have, like, what they need to do is just hop more into the interior because that would have been more, like, you know, comfortable and recognizable to them, right?
2: Well, actually, you know what? If they landed on, on the western coast, pretty quickly it gets to be desert. There you go. It's wild that anyone lives there. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> now, so no, so this is, this seems like a very open and shut case. And if it wasn't for the fact that we were getting you to be as a guest, this might have been thrown in as what what is a grab bag where I do a bunch of quick stuff. But. But all of this being very solidly established hasn't stopped many local residents from maintaining their belief in its authenticity. There continues to be widespread interest in these hieroglyphics, and many uh, visitors come and see it every year. It's basically a tourist trap, which, I mean, I guess getting more people to go to Australia's beautiful national parks is a good thing, but...
1: Um. Yeah, the, when I was a kid, really the, the big reason I wanted to go to Australia was to meet Kangaroo Jack. How is he doing?
2: He's great. He's he's doing really, really well. Great. Um, retired now. Fantastic. But, uh, you know, got a, got a Winnebago going around the country.
1: Living that life.
2: Living that life.
1: Do you get a lot of kangaroo jack references? I'm sensing that it's Not a thing kangaroo that... jack specifically. Okay. Maybe
2: maybe when I was in like high school. It's been okay. a while since anyone in Australia thought about kangaroo jack. I think kangaroos, on the other hand, yes, yeah,
0: they're <laughs> everywhere. Now, I heard that the Irwins have a have a zoo. I think if I went to Australia, I'd want to go check that out. I, I want to see. I want to make sure the Irwins are doing okay. Yeah, I haven't yeah. heard about them much they're, since they're the incident.
2: They're thriving. Bindi Irwin was on uh, on Dancing with the Stars or, you know, one of those ones.
1: Fantastic. Good. Awesome. Good. Love She's that do well. for I think she got
2: married. Hooray for Bindi. Love but, that. But I mean, I will say where I grew up, kangaroos kind of are everywhere. <laughs> it's it's not really a stereotype.
0: I heard they're nasty. Like
1: yeah, they I've heard they're like, they're like the equivalent of like squirrels here in, in the States where they're just like, so the, they're just <laughs> in their backyard. <laughs> a squirrel that could disembowel you with yeah, its well, giant yeah. legs. <laughs> yeah.
2: Well, it depends, right? It, it depends because you've got um the, the sort of red kangaroos, the big mm-hmm. desert kangaroos. Dangerous, very, very dangerous, <laughs> scary. But then, where I live, it's more like um, rock kangaroos. It's it, and they're sort of a bit smaller. They're grey. Okay. I think I could take one in a fight.
1: All right, that's confidence. I like it. Which you know,
0: given the wildlife of your country, not many. <laughs> then again, I go like that, that's that's often treaded too well when it goes to talking about Australia. But I gotta say, you, uh, whenever I do talk to, like Australians are like like completely fearless. Like I was like, like when it comes to things, like there's like someone who's just like, um, oh yeah, there's this snake in the backyard that if it bites me, I'm gonna lose my arm and probably die. Oh, that's I'm just gonna go get a silly. shovel and take care of it. No, me. we
2: have anti-venom. Um, <laughs> but you know, it's it's bizarre because it's like, yes, a lot of Australian wildlife is deadly, but they're all rogues, right? It's You yeah. can't really, it's if they're gonna kill you, you won't see it coming. If you that's see true. the snake, it's already lost. Lost its advantage. Mm. Okay, the shovel's got to do its job. <laughs> I have a friend who um I have a friend who at some point went to pick up a belt we were getting ready for like a formal thing and he lives out whoop whoop and he he went to pick up a belt and it was a brown snake <laughs> oh, no. okay so, you know
0: or uh, yeah we can't go to the beach today it's infested with the jellyfish that kill you <laughs> oh. like oh, this yes. oh. yeah oh, uh, man Um but you know what I feel like that that's lazy humor Australia deadly animals we've been there yeah, yeah we've um, been
1: there we get it you guys aren't so
0: special
2: I feel like th- the U.S has mountain lions and canada has moose and bears you're you're all yeah. just as deadly
0: i mean you, you, moose and bears are in the rural places but uh we have to deal with the fact that like my city seems to be infested with skunks and raccoons uh and at <laughs> least the raccoons can have rabies so i guess that's uh <laughs> uh so yeah uh, so this is so 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 back on gosford and the glyphs, <laughs> yeah, sorry,
2: gosford glyphs
0: um so people basically just don't want to believe that they're fake they want this connection with ancient Egypt, I but think, obviously,
2: yeah. I mean, if it was your town, I if it was my town, maybe yeah. I should say I don't think I would have it in me to say out loud that they're not real. I would, be, I would know that they're not real, but uh-huh. I'd be saying, "Oh no, they're real. Mm-hmm. They're a Yeah, yeah. Got, especially I mean, if it's bringing in tourists. To, yeah, and plus, every small town has its thing, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> its bizarre little thing. And who am I to take that away from, from <laughs> Gus? Fish? It's true.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, we talked about that when we did the episode about Roswell, where it's like every that whole little place is just all about aliens now because it's now their, that's their whole identity yeah. is the alien. Yeah. Car. Yeah. Uh,
0: Roswell, I went to, uh, I talked about this in a previous episode, but um, I've been to Roswell, New Mexico and all of their streetlights have little like alien gray eyes on them. <gasps> and um, it's a very, very small town. The one hotel <laughs> is cute. called the Little Alien in oh. <laughs> uh, oh so they, 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 uh, they bought into it entirely
2: this is like Forks has to be about vampires now they have no choice yeah. I exactly. Bad, but also like Keep the economy alive. Uh, I mean, yeah, we gotta
0: gotta get that post-COVID tourism going at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, although we have a we have a strong anti-tourism <laughs> um, stance on this podcast because oh, yeah. people keep destroying priceless artifacts when they go to places. That is true. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. fair. Yeah, over tourism is a fun thing. Um, OK, but there's also this is not an isolated incident. There's actually other cases of Australian soldiers have having, having carved Egyptian like symbols into other objects. Specifically, even in the uh, the Kuringai National Park, which is near Sydney as well. OK, so it's not even uh, isolated in that. So this um, has happened before. Yeah.
2: The soldiers just really dug Egypt. They were like, oh, man, mm-hmm. uh, you know what I want is a little bit of Egypt back home.
0: <laughs> That's exactly right. Furthermore, and this gets a little bit into the part where I, uh, this is one of the fa- I don't know if you've listened to an episode of the podcast, Dale, but the end is always called the part where Tristan makes you sad. So buckle up. <laughs>
2: Oh, but no. geologists
0: have also studied the the sandstone that this was carved into, and there is, of course, indigenous art nearby that is mm-hmm. not not destroyed, but it is uh, very much. It's about two hundred years old, mm-hmm. and it has shown erosion that these hieroglyphics have not. And that there's no evidence that any transoceanic voyages have ever happened uh, from the from the Egyptians, and if they had, definitely not to Australia.
2: <laughs> I was gonna say that um, I I know that I'm coming at Egyptian history mostly from a mythological perspective, but um, boats don't feature heavily, <laughs> except I suppose in in like the Sun Voyage. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, river boats show up, but like sailing, like sailing on the ocean. Not, not as much.
1: What is the ocean, if not a big river?
2: Yeah, that's you a good know? point. That's a really good point.
0: I had to cover this for an old step back video where I was studying like claims of pre Columbian contact with the Americas, mm-hmm. uh, and like there was like a case where um, there was trace uh, trace signs of cocaine and tobacco on a mummy. It turned out that it's because um, some Egypt Egyptologists in the 19th century were basically like just openly looting this country of its priceless artifacts. Yep. Were basically smoking and doing cocaine near these mummies.
2: <laughs> that that um, checks out.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, there's, there's no no evidence of this. The Egyptians did some pretty amazing stuff by essentially being the longest living continuous civilization ever yeah. uh, by like a huge margin.
2: Uh, uh, I will oh. correct. The longest continuous living culture on planet Earth is uh, Australian Aboriginals. 50,000 years plus.
0: Oh, shoot. Well, um, we're gonna get into uh, that because this is the part where I make you sad.
2: Oh no. Um, I was just so
0: happy and proud (laughs) just now. (laughs) Well, thing is that the Gosford glyphs are becoming a big tourist attraction. Um, What's nearby and not as big a tourist attraction is the uh, Balgundry Art site. So this region is uh, the home of a lot of Aboriginal artwork that's considered sacred and an important part of their modern day culture, a currently living, breathing culture tourists go to see the hieroglyphics, but in the same park, there's this art site of well-preserved engravings that are more than 200 years old, but some are possibly 10 times older than that. So 2,000 year-old uh, aboriginal petroglyphs that um, that do not get the same amount of attention. Mm. Uh, these are carvings of things that are very, very verifiably made by people who lived here because they're carvings of wallabies, mm. of fish, of dolphins, uh, maybe a canoe and a bird. And so it's a very important part of aboriginal traditions, their lifestyles, and the way that they interact with the environment. So it almost, in some ways, feels like the Gosford Glyphs, or who, who the people who are like kind of pushing it, are trying to give Egypt, or trying to give Australia, this feeling of an ancient history that when is it right really there. already has one. <laughs> it's literally right there. One that's notably very rich and beautiful, <sighs>
1: and it super is old. Interesting. Yeah.
2: super super old. It is interesting to me as well. Just as another little uh, nail in the coffin. It it is interesting to me that there wouldn't be. <laughs> sort of crossover cultural things where aboriginal stuff in the region says hey a bunch of egyptians showed up like i feel like that would come up at some point
1: yeah it's just some other record of it at some point Mm -hmm. or even like one
0: of those like hyper stylized uh hieroglyph pictures of like i don't know a kookaburra or something would be a dead giveaway that would be (laughs) sick That'd be awesome, but uh, alas, I think in this one it's probably not Egyptians. <laughs> it's
2: probably not Egyptians. Probably
0: not. <laughs> but that—that uh, is—that is the story of the Gosford Glyphs. Again, as, as mentioned, less than 200 kilometers from yeah. uh, from your city. Uh, if your Twitter bio is to be believed. I'm
2: not gonna lie. I do kind of want to, <laughs> if it's to be believed. Yeah, I'm lying. <laughs> um. Yeah. No. I gotta. I gotta. I. I kind of want to check it out.
0: <laughs> it's very
1: you. I feel yeah. like it, it would be. It'd be
2: not gonna lie, it's it's pretty interesting.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: even even in the fakeness of it. I I yeah. kind of yeah. yeah. A but fun while I'm part. there, I'll have to go and check out the petroglyphs.
0: Yeah, Bulg- Bulgandry is yes. what it's called. So if you ever find yourself wanting to check this out, go check out the the art site as well because that's some real history that's
1: really cool. Absolutely. Uh Dale, thank you so much for, for joining on this thank episode you for this was, having me. This was, this was this was super fun, and I cannot believe uh, it's been so long since we've we've chatted. So much Marvel lore has happened and we haven't yeah, even I talked mean, about it. Yeah, I mean, I
2: have to ask, have you seen the trailer for Black Panther?
1: Oh, that one. That one's gonna be big. That's, I think that one's gonna be big. I think that one's gonna Chad be big. Chadwick Boseman has a
0: long and illustrious career doing oh, these things no. coming oh, up. Oh, no.
2: That's Oh, oh no. I was, <laughs> that will make me sad. I was thinking that. That was a
1: bit far, wasn't it? I'm oh, sorry. Oh,
2: no. I was thinking it. I didn't uh, want to say it. I should have picked a safer movie. Anyway, um. um but but first
0: of all, um, you should tell all these wonderful listeners about your channel made of synonyms of your name. So Monarch's Factory. Can you tell a little <laughs> people a little bit about what you do? Yeah.
2: Uh, yeah, sure thing. So I have a YouTube channel called Monarch's Factory. It's a fun little play on Kingsmill which is my name. Um, so I have a YouTube channel where I make videos about mythology and D&D and lots of other just nerdy, fun, silly things.
0: Yeah. Also, um, I don't know, do you want to pitch Dusk?
2: <laughs> oh, man, it's we're doing the finale this afternoon. And man, it's things are stressful. I've been playing in a fourth edition D&D game, mm-hmm. DM'd by Matt Colville, and a lot has happened. We thought we were just going into a forest to rescue some civilians. And as we're coming out the other end, there's been time travel. I have a robot for an arm. There's a lot is going on.
1: <laughs> a lot's Jeez. happening. Gosh, Dungeons and Dragons is fun, huh? It's yeah. So good. Yeah. It's very fun. And we should do another podcast where we just talk about that for an hour. <laughs> exactly
2: anything we need we need more DD podcasts such as the eldritch Lawcast, of which i am a host um <laughs> boom you can you can yeah good plug good plug dale um but no you can find us if you're interested on uh matt colville's youtube channel
1: fantastic yeah. uh Sweet. we'll have links to everything uh that dale was talking about in the description to this episode you can also follow us if you want to on twitter at probs not aliens if you want to do that uh we'll tweet out the picture of Alan Dash. Boy, I hope Alan Dash isn't problematic because we, we sure have uh, <laughs> <I> <laughs> been talking so about too. him a whole lot. <laughs>
2: Please be chill. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. Tristan, what do you do for
0: a living that people can find? Um, somehow I stumbled into making YouTube videos for a living. I can be found at Step Back or at stepbackhistory.com where I talk about how the past is very important for knowing to understand how things are the way they are today. And maybe Whoa. we should learn more about that. Um, That's awesome. Again. I made, I think, my most recent videos on why uh, America is not only not a democracy, but it's sort of an anti
1: democracy. <laughs> Oh, well, there you go. That's totally. But learn. it's done in the
0: frame of a kid's show. Like a blues,
1: blues? club. With sock puppets. Yeah, I like it. Uh, as for me, if you're wondering where you can find me, for uh, you can do that on NerdSync. It's a YouTube channel. N-E-R-D-S-Y-N-C. Uh, I have one video out this year so far, but I hope to have more. So look forward to that. It's all about, I make video essays about nerdy things, comics, superheroes, uh, all trailers. Trailers. I talk all, I only talk about Marvel trailers. Everyone knows this about me. It's the only thing I'm, I'm excited about these days. Uh, and uh, please continue leaving us your reviews for this podcast boy we gotta read some more of those on the air at some point ever since Spotify allowed you to write reviews uh, that'll be fun and tell your friends if you like the show mm-hmm. that's how we grow that's how we spread that's how we combat ancient aliens and and it's how we fight the history channel no that's not yeah. what we're doing
0: which is funny because <laughs> um, I Go recently did mm-hmm. I recently put together the like um, the sort of like bibliography of a bunch of episodes of this show for public consumption and a lot of It came from the History Channel's website. So, contradicting themselves. Some stuff they do good, huh? Some stuff they do good. (laughs) One one department's not talking to another one. But yeah, you can go to probsnotaliens.com and listen to it. But um, that's all for today. That's it. And we'll be back next week. But until then, the truth is out there. Probably, man.
1: Probably bruv.
2: Bruv. (laughs) Why why did I do like a Southern American?
1: Probably bruv. (laughs) (laughs) It's
2: evolving.
1: We're creating a character.
2: Whose name is Alan Dash.